Hey, I want to welcome you to Coastal Community Church's online sermons. And uh, before you watch this sermon, first of all, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to watch. And uh, we do want you to know that uh, this is a tool to encourage you in your walk with Jesus Christ, to grow closer to Him and walk with Him. Uh, we, however, at Coastal, hold a deep belief that uh, this should not supplement your attendance at a local church. We believe deeply in a local church. And so while we uh, this sermon is a, is a supplement for you, we want to encourage you to be a part of a local church, find a local pastor. Uh, if you're in our community, uh, in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to attend with us. We have three services on Sunday morning, 8.15, 9.45, and 11.15, and uh, we'd love for you to join us in one of those services. We're starting a new series at Coastal Community Church called Strength and Courage. And as a church, uh, we're ready to face some challenges of moving to a new location. And with change comes challenge. And so, uh, and while we're excited about the changes coming our way, we want to prepare for it as well. Joshua led the people of Israel to, the new, to a promised land, which had a lot of change and a lot of challenge. And so we feel like there's a lot we can learn from the book of Joshua. And so this fall, we're going to take a journey together. And we're mindful that Joshua is a type of our Savior. Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look at Joshua, and through the eyes of Joshua, we're going to look at our Savior, our King, and our leader as He guides us and leads us with strength and courage. Welcome to the new series through Joshua, Strength and Courage. Good morning, Coastal Church. Great to see you this morning. We're starting a new series called Strength and Courage. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, there's probably one in a chair in front of you. Uh, if you don't own a Bible, take that one with you. That's our gift to you. Okay, we'd love for you to have a copy of the Word of God uh, in your chair Bible. The page is 148. If you're just learning your way around the Word of God, that's great. We're glad you're learning. So uh, page 148 is where we're going to be looking at uh, Joshua chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit in a moment about this series, why we're going through the book of Joshua. I do want to encourage you, uh, kind of in preparation over the fall, you can read through the book of Joshua. It's an easy read. Uh, great, great truths in there, and you can be preparing for the series as we go. Uh, while you're doing that, the, this, this week and next week, small group sign-ups. Pastor Jeff's going to come up at the end of my sermon, talk a little bit more about that and why that's important. I'm even going to hit on it in the sermon. Men, I want to talk to you for one minute, okay? Uh, men's retreat is this weekend, and I really, really hope that you will carve out some time and go. Uh, just kind of a personal note, um, this main speaker is a a guy by the name of Pastor Tony Chester, and I've been wanting to get him up here for years, and uh, he's actually a guy that I consider my pastor, one of the guys. I have a couple guys that really invested in my life early on. He's one of them. I, in my 15 years here, I've never been able to get him here, uh, so I'm super excited, and uh, he's from Georgia, so I think Pastor Joey's the only guy that's actually really going to understand him, uh, but, uh, but man, I really want you guys to hear him. He's invested in me, and I want you to know him, and, and it's going to be a great weekend, so man, I hope you'll uh, consider signing up on the way out for that, as well as for small groups. Uh, this series uh, is birthed out of a journey uh, that we have taken as a church. And so I kind of want to use the introduction time uh, to paint the picture for you so you know where this series has come from. It actually came uh, for me in my prayer time and in my thought life and in my spiritual life as we gathered as a church and we finished up the Beyond campaign. So uh, if you're new to Coastal, you've just been 
been coming over the summer. You weren't a part of the Beyond campaign. Uh, but the Beyond campaign is uh, last spring as a church. We prayed about and we moved together in the purchase of the new location, the old Kroger building, the new location of Coastal Community Church. And in order to make that vision a reality, we as a church had to raise a million dollars over and above our regular giving for that to happen. And so we did this campaign together. We prayed about it and we brought our pledges. And on May the 10th, as a church, uh, we brought our pledges. Now, we didn't bring our actual offering, but we brought our pledges. And the pledges actually came up about 25% short of what we needed. And so that week for me and for the leadership of Coastal was a time spent in prayer. Uh, you know, we thought about this, we prayed about this, and, and we came back to the body and we said, hey, listen, we still believe this is what God wants us to do. We came up short. And on May 17th, I preached a sermon and I finished with a, a verse in Joshua. And this verse kind of came out for me from one of our elders, uh, Lamont Preston, who reminded me and reminded us as a body that, that even though our, our God is always at work, but he works differently, not according to his character and his promises remain the same, but how he reveals himself and his glory changes uh, with each generation and even, even in seasons of our lives, right? And so, so let me kind of give you the picture, okay? And, and, be, and then we'll move into Joshua. Let me remind you of what we talked about on May 17th as a church body. Remember, we talked about that the people of Israel, as they journeyed out of Egypt into the promised land, they had to cross two bodies of water, right? They had to cross the Red Sea, and then they had to cross the Jordan River to go into the promised land. And God moved a little bit differently for them to cross the, these bodies of water on dry land each time. The first time, of course, he used Moses as the leader, but even the process he used was different. Check this out. Exodus chapter 14, the people of Israel are backed up against the Red Sea. The Egyptian army is coming down on them. They're, they're going to kill them because they're recently freed slaves. And here they are backed up against the Red Sea. They think they're going to perish and God parts the Red Sea and they go across on dry land. And this is what it looks like. Exodus 14. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. So notice here that God, Moses raises his hand and the waters part, right? And we talked about this as a church. We talked about, man, that uh, God works differently each time. And so a generation passes in the wilderness. God raises up a new leader to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. And they get up to the Jordan River, another large body of water where this large nation needs to cross this river to go into the promised land. And in Joshua chapter three, it looks a little different this time. Josh, God says to Joshua, give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, raise your hand over the river. Is that what it says? No, it says take a few steps into the river, right? This time they, their feet had to get wet and stop there and then the waters parted and then the people crossed on dry ground. And I kind of challenged us as a church on, on May 17th. Hey, we did, you know, this is our opportunity. God has given us this opportunity and it's time for us to move with him and get our feet wet. And church, you guys did an amazing job. We raised over $300,000 in that offering and a million dollars in pledges. And, and, and now we're moving forward, right? And so, but out of that, as I was praying about what I wanted to teach on in the fall. I said, you know what, how about the book of Joshua? Because it's this great story, these great uh, movement of God in the people of Israel as they take the promised land. And so we're going to move over the fall as I prepare us as a church body to go to our new building. Now, to be sure, the new building 
is not the promised land, okay? For those of you who have volunteered time there, you already know it's one headache after the next, okay? Uh, anytime you do demolition, you go, oh, I didn't know that was there, you know? And so that's kind of how this goes. Not the promised land. In fact, I'm going to bring this sermon full circle. I'm going to show you what your promised land is, okay? Because you do have a promised land, by the way. You do have something you're looking forward to as a Christian, to what God is doing, all right? So I'm going to bring that full circle. But what I do want to prepare you for with this journey is that things are, as, as a body are going to change, okay? We're, we're, hey, I know we're excited and I know we're moving forward, but I want to be really, really clear with you that things are going to change in the next nine months, in less than nine months, when you gather corporately for worship at Coastal Community Church, you are going to sit in a new seat. Did you know that? In a new location, you're going to park it. And I know, I know some of you have been sitting in the same spot now for five years. That's about to move, okay? And I know that's disconcerting for some of you, okay? And you're going to park in a new place, right? And this new building, it's going to look different and it's going to smell different. If you sit in the meat department, it's going to smell a lot different, okay? And, I'm going to try to, thank you for laughing. All right, so don't quit your day job. Um, so, but we're, we're, we're heading to change, okay? And so my goal in this series is to prepare us because we got to move together and we're going to move towards change and change always presents challenges and changes can be difficult, but change is also good. And so my goal this morning is to talk to you about the challenge of change, but also how change is awesome, and how God moves when we change. So Joshua chapter one, okay, verse one and two. Every time I read the book of Joshua, these first two verses stick out to me and they make me laugh, actually. I chuckle out loud. Okay, so here it is, ready? And this is where I took the, the, the title of my sermon this morning. Joshua one, one and two. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said, ready? Moses, my servant, is what, church? He's dead. Now, why do I find that funny? Because Joshua already knew this. Joshua's kind of like, uh, duh, I was at the funeral. Remember, I was there. Like, why is God saying that? I mean, Deuteronomy chapter 31 to 34, Joshua was a part of this transition where Moses dies. He goes up on the mountain. He doesn't get to go on promise. Moses uh, commissions Joshua and Joshua's leading. And now the very first thing the Lord tells Joshua, which he already knows, is Moses is dead. Why is he telling him that? It's comical to me. Here's why God tells him that. You ready, church? You cannot stay in your past and move with God. You can't stay in the past and move with God. Now, I want to be clear. Our God, the God that we worship, is unchanging. He's unchanging in his character, and he's unchanging in his promises. And in fact, uh, you know, I'm building the case here in the next few moments that a lot of what we do corporately is about to change. Just location, size, smell, there's going to be some new people coming, all that, okay? All that's going to change, okay? But our God is unchanging. In fact, in the wintertime, just before we move, I'm going to be preaching through a series about the things that won't change at Coastal Community Church, all right? Our doctrine, who we are, what we believe, that will not change. I'm calling that series, We Are Coastal No Matter Where We Meet, okay? Okay. Uh, we're still coastal, but there are things that change. Our God is unchanging, but when you move with God, see, God displays his glory differently at different times, even sometimes differently in different seasons of our lives. 
Now, let me give you a, an illustration, a couple of illustrations, actually. Um, for years, this church, um, we met at a school. We met at Grafton High School. And Grafton High School was probably 150,000 square feet, okay, of which we could have rented various parts of that when we wanted to as a church. When we moved here, we moved into less than 15,000 square feet. And so one of the things that changed for us is, you know, we used to be able to have a worship service, and on occasion after a worship service, we would have a meal together. We'd just rent another section of the building, and we would have a meal, you know, and it'd be awesome. And just a couple times, somebody roasted a big, large pig. I know it sounds disgusting, but it was amazing, okay? And so if you don't like pig, you're like, oh, that's gross. Okay, and so then we got here and we started doing multiple services because we started to grow, right? And there would be people that would come up to me and say, hey, Pastor John, you know what? I really miss when we used to do those what? Those meals, right? And I'd be like, look, look around. We're doing, I can't even, how, you know, if I start setting up table, there's no possible way to house coastal for a meal. That has to change, right? And how did we encourage that to change? You want to know how? Small groups, we said your small group should be doing meals together and hanging out together and growing together. So there was change. We used to do baptisms down at the York River. All right? And that man, and when we moved in here and we started growing, people were like, man, I sure miss when we used to do baptism. And here's why I changed from that. The very last baptism we did down at the York River, it took about 35 minutes for all the cars to get parked. There wasn't enough parking down at the York River. I want you to look around the room here this morning, okay, and multiply this by at least two, actually over two, because that's how many other services we have. If I told all these people, drive your car down the York River tonight at five o'clock, there'd be nowhere to park. We would overwhelm it. So it became a, a, a logistical nightmare to do it that way. And so we changed. And so there's some people in this room who got baptized in the York River. And like, man, I'm so, because Jesus got baptized in the River. We should get baptized in the River. Well, it wasn't the York River that Jesus got baptized in, just so you know. And so, you know, like... <clears throat> You know, and so we had to change, right? And so things change. And so Coastal's history is, is, we've got a whole history of moving with God. Okay, two churches said, you know what? It's better if we come together because we can pull our resources. And so we merged churches so that we could move with God. And it took a whole bunch of people to say, you know what? Moses is dead. God's going this way. We're joining God. All right. And then these two churches met in a school and there was a group of people that had a vision for buying the land that you're sitting on. Right. And say, hey, we believe one day that'll be a great tool to do ministry in the community. And it took almost eight years to get from there to here. Right. But it took people saying, no, the God is moving this way and it's a challenge and it's a struggle. And the vision seems a long way away. But man, that's where God is going. And then Less than six years after opening the doors of this place, the leadership of the church said, you know what? I think we need to relocate church. That doesn't happen in church life. But it's the leadership going, you know what? God is moving. Moses is dead. We're going this way because that's where God's leading us. This church has got a history of saying, man, I, it's not, I don't live in the past. And by the way, just so you know, this is just an FYI. Like we're also still praying about launching a campus. Why? Because we are passionate about making sure that everybody has a healthy church to know Jesus Christ. And we believe Coastal's a healthy church, and we're praying about launching a campus even after we move. Why do I bring this up? Why am I telling you this now? I want to remind you, and by the way, I don't tell you about the past so that you live there. 
See, churches tend to do that. We tend to do that as individuals even. We, we remember the past, remember the good days, and we want to live in the past. God is not a God of the past. God is a God of the future. The past reminds us that the same God that moved with us in the past is the same God, his character and promise are true, that are going to move with us into the future. Does that make sense? And so we remember the past going, wow, God moved back then. Guess what? If we continue to walk with him in faith, guess what? He's going to move with us in the future. Isn't that good news? And so I'm telling you this today so that you're aware that things at Coastal, as they change, there's going to be that moment for you as an individual. I'm telling you it's coming. I'm being a prophet, okay? I'm prophesying in the future. There's going to be that moment in the future where you go, man, this is really different, and I sure miss when. Fill in the blank. By the way, I missed when sometimes. There's been times as your pastor I go, man, I missed when. And, and, and this thing, whatever it is, okay, it's going to change. The body's going to change, but we're anticipating growth, okay? There's going to be more people. Maybe you like that. Maybe you don't like that. You know, uh, the smell's going to be different. The parking place is going to be different. The seating's going to be different. It's going to feel different. And you're going to walk in, you're going to go, I miss that. And you may, and by the way, I appreciate this. I appreciate when people do this. I appreciate when people muster up the courage to call me, make an appointment with me, send me an, a reasonable email, you know, and say, hey, Pastor, reasonable is the keyword. And so, um, you know, we get behind a keyboard and we think it doesn't matter kind of thing. So, but you send me a reasonable email and you reach out to me and you say, Pastor Sean, I miss when. Okay. And I appreciate that. And there may be, and the response may be Moses is what? Dead. Like that Moses is dead. And I'll say that with all due respect, like I, I get that. I miss that too, but we're going this way because there's going to be some things that change and I want to prepare you for that. They're, they're, we're, we're going to have some new ministries birth. I don't know what they are yet. There's new ministries at Colt. The food ministry was not with us at Grafton High School. It's with us now because it was birthed, okay? There's, I gave you some ministries that have, we've laid to rest, okay? Because we, can't, we just weren't, couldn't do them. There'll be some ministries we're going to lay to rest. You're gonna, you're, I know you're like, which ones? I don't know yet, okay? I'm just telling you there may be a time where I go, guess what, church? Moses is dead. And I got really good news for you. That's not the end of this passage, Joshua, Moses is dead. Then God says, therefore, arise. Now, therefore, arise. That's one version, okay? The NLT says it this way in Joshua 1, 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, those of you who've been at Coastal a long time, our last fundraising campaign before the Beyond series was, was called The Time Is Now. And we took it from this passage. Therefore, the time has come or the time is now for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. Church, I got news for you, okay? We got six, eight, nine months, and we're going to be moving. Therefore, the time is now. Therefore, arise. We've got to move with God to see him work in our lives. And by the way, this is throughout Scripture. This is nothing new, okay? You cannot stay where you are and move with God. God says, now, therefore, arise, and we're going to move with God. Noah was instructed to build a boat, and if you read your text clearly in Genesis, the people had probably never seen rain before. If you read the text clearly, people were making fun of him. Ha! A boat! For what? <laughs> because God is moving. 
Abraham, I'm gonna, I want you to go to a land that I will show you. Where's that? Abraham, I want you to go to a land I will show you. Okay, well, where is that? I will show you. Okay? No Google Maps, God? You know, off we go. Joshua, here's the deal. First city you come up to. We're going to preach on this a couple weeks. The walls of Jericho. Here's the battle plan. You got a battle plan. I got a battle plan. Here it is. I want you to march around the walls for seven days in a row. On the last day, I want you to blow your trumpets. That's it. That's it. Trust me on this. It's throughout scripture that we move with God. And then we get to our superhero, Jesus Christ. Says, you want to follow me? Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. It's not about you. So church, we're going to be challenged to move with God. And by the way, this is not pie in the sky stuff. This is really practical, everyday stuff. It's really practical. And I want to challenge you as we move. Don't just sit there. Don't just sit there. Don't just sit there. Move with God as he moves with his church. And by the way, I'm, I'm going to bring this full circle at the end. The church is what God is doing on planet earth until he returns. The church, according to the scriptures, will be victorious because the church is the bride of Christ and Christ is returning for his bride. I want to challenge you, move with, with our savior, Jesus Christ, as he moves with his church. There's some of you in this room, man, you've been investigating, you've been checking it out, you've been trying to understand the things of Jesus, and I want to encourage you, today is the day. Stop looking to the past, move with God, become a follower of Jesus Christ. Stop letting your sin or your pride, or I always did it this way, hold you back. Become a follower of Christ. Be dangerous. You can't stay where you are and follow God. You got to move with the gospel of Christ. Some of you have been sitting here for months and months. You've not even joined the church yet. Let me tell you something. And, and I've already preached on why we have church membership, okay, so that we have some accountability and we can move together according to the, what the Scripture teaches. Listen, don't just sit here and date the church anymore. Join, become a part. Go through our We Are Coastal class coming up in November and join and be a part. We're going to have an involvement fair in the middle of the series. We're going to challenge you to be involved in a ministry where you serve others through the local church. Don't just sit there anymore. You just can't go with God and stay where you are. God has challenged us to get involved. Listen, I'm, I'm just project. I suspect that when we go to our new location, we're going to grow. And if everybody just sits here and goes, oh man, just minister to me, we're not going to have enough people to minister to the people God wants to send us. Does that make sense? Got to move with God. Some of y'all, you know, you're beyond pledge. Be faithful to your beyond pledge. Why? So that you can see God work and providing for you financially. Some of you, God's been challenging you to share your faith. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ with a loved one, with a coworker, with a neighbor. Be dangerous in that. You can't stand where you are and go with God at the same time. Small group ministry. This is small group sign-up week. Next week, small group sign-up week. I want to encourage you, don't just sit there and don't just sign your name to a piece of paper on the way out. Actually commit yourself to the next six weeks of I am going to be a part of a small group because I believe the church is what Jesus is doing on earth. Now let me do a little side note here. One of the things that I suspect will change, and the reason I suspect this is I've seen it happen already, okay? I've been a part of it once. I suspect it's going to happen again. 
I believe we're going to continue to grow numerically. Okay, that means there's going to be more people around. We've experienced some incredible growth. I expect that's going to happen in our new place of service, in our new place of ministry. And our vehicle for you to get connected, if you will, our vehicle, if you will, to get to connected and get to know other people is small group ministry. And I'm going to say something kind of hard and bold, okay? But I want, I want you to be aware of this on the front end. If you are not in a small group, before we move into our new location, there's a very real chance that you will get lost around the ministry of Coastal Community Church. I've seen that happen many times. And then what's going to happen is there's going to be this moment that you have a need, a spiritual need, a physical need, some help, and, and you're, you're not going to know anybody. And then you're going to walk out the back doors. You're going to come in anonymously. You're going to leave anonymously. You're going to walk out the back doors of the church. And here's what you'll say. I was in the hospital. Nobody visited me. And I had a need and nobody, nobody and, he, and if that gets to my desk, I may call you and I say, man, I am shocked that your small group did not minister to you. And 99.9% of the time, this is what I hear, I'm, 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 not, I'm not in a small group. Like this is not a tack on it. We got up one day and said, hey, it'd be a good idea just to have some small groups. No, this, we want you to be ministered to. I want you to be a part of the body. And these next six weeks is your opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to make that kind of a commitment because I can't just sit here and do the same old and move with God and where he's moving. I'm telling you, he's moving in and through this ministry. Join a small group, okay? Now, here's what I don't want you to think, that we walk around here, we roll up our sleeves, you know, and we work hard to make God happy with us because here's the beauty of the book of Joshua. When we move with God, God supplies the power because we rest in the promises and the character of our God. Check this out. This is what God says. Ready? I promise. That doesn't move you? The God of the universe who speaks and the whole cosmos comes into existence says this to you. I promise. Pretty awesome, isn't it? Check this out, Joshua chapter one, verse three. I promise, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever your foot, wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I've given you. First in Joshua one, six through nine. Be strong, this is our verse, by the way. This is the theme. Be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land. I swore to give to their ancestors. I would give it to them. Be strong and be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, and then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and and night so that you will be sure to obey what is written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And by the way, a whole nother sermon for another day about obedience to the word of God. Okay. It's just, no, I'm not going to park there this morning for time's sake. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Why can we be strong and courageous? Because we rest in the character and the promises of God. We rest in the character and the promises of God. God is unchanging in his character and he's unchanging in his promises. When God calls us to do something and stretches our faith, 
He's also there to back it up with his might and with his character and with his promises. Which, by the way, leads us usually to a crisis of belief. Am I really, 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 really going to take God at his word? Is it really better to adjust my life to his ways? In the use of my time, use of my money, in my dating, and my pure, is it really better to do it his ways? Which leads to the theme of the book. God tells Joshua, listen, be know God's word, obey God's word, and walk in that with strength and courage. And the reason that we move with strength and courage is because we rest in the promises of our God. Now, I want you to rightly interpret this, okay? When you read the Old Testament, the purpose of the Old Testament, the, the Old Testament stories, the Old Testament heroes, are, are um, their teachers, their guides, they're signposts that point us to the fulfillment of everything God was doing in the Old Testament that is fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ, okay? So Joshua is, I'm going to use a Bible, uh, kind of a seminary word here. Joshua is a type of Christ. All the types of the Old Testament were imperfect, and I'm going to come back to that in a moment as I wrap this up, Okay? All of the, and the reason I'm telling you is I don't want you to get on a plane, okay, and go to Israel and say, oh, these promises apply to me. I'm going to take the promised land, okay? We got to take these promises. They're fulfilled in Christ and they're fulfilled in his church. Okay, so running this through Christ, what is the promised land? What is it that never fails? Well, Jesus told us that. In Matthew chapter 16, right? The apostle Peter acknowledges who Jesus is. He says, you're the Christ. You're the son of God. And by the way, the Christ doesn't, is not a name, okay? It's a title. It means you're the anointed one. You're the special one sent from God. That's who Christ, Jesus, the Christ, if you will. The anointed one, the Messiah. And upon that, Jesus says this to Peter. Now I say to you that you're Peter, which means the rock, and upon this rock, the rock and strength of this confession, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Church, we have strength and courage in the promises of Christ. Our rest is in the promises, then they are assured. Why do we know they're assured? Because the resurrection of Christ is the down payment that everything he said is going to come true. Our Savior Christ is building his church. And that's why, when, that's why, church, we just went through 1 Timothy, because I wanted you to understand that we want to build a church the way God told us to build a church. It doesn't matter what culture tells us. What did God say about how he's going to build a church? And when you build a church, according to the ways God has told, instructed us to build a church, it will prevail. I can't think of anything more exciting that you can give your time, talent, and money to than Jesus' church rightly built upon the word of God. His promises will see their way to their conclusion. Isn't that good news? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. All of the promises of God are fulfilled in Christ, and he will be with us so we can have strength and courage. There's nothing that excites me more. You know, many of our Old Testament stories, I'm going to kind of finish with this, and we're going to close with prayer. Turn it over to Pastor Jeff. Many of our Old Testament stories, you know, they're heroes of the faith, and I love these pictures, these heroes of the faith, right? But they all had their faults. 
right? Abraham, the father of our faith, right? And he demonstrated that when he was called to give his one and only son as a sacrifice. God tested him. He didn't ask him to do it. He was testing him to see if he would sacrifice his own son Isaac. And Abraham, Bible says Abraham actually believed that God would raise him from the dead. And in that test, man, he became the father of our faith. But did you know Abraham at one point when he was going to the land that God would show him, he, uh, a king came and wanted his, thought his wife was beautiful. And so he lied about who his wife was. He says, that's my sister, right? He was a chicken is what Abraham was from time to time. All right. And Joshua, shortly after taking the walls of Jericho, the next, the next challenge he faces, Ai, and then after that is a group of Gibeonites, Canaanites from inside the land. They, he didn't seek the counsel of God, and they tricked Joshua into not fulfilling all that God had called him to do because Joshua didn't seek God when he should have. And Gideon was a great military leader, led 300 men against a mighty battle of Midianites. But before that, we see Gideon hiding in a, in a seed trough, essentially, you know, because he's scared. And David, who was a great warrior king, right, who killed the Philistine giant with a sling and a stone, it wasn't that much longer. He ruined his legacy by having an affair with Bathsheba. These were broken people, but they point to our great warrior king who is completely perfect. Jesus Christ. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's our warrior King and he will defeat every enemy. He's going to defeat the world and its lies completely. When his when our faith becomes sight and truth is perfectly revealed to us, man, we're going to see Calvary's King. I love that song, Calvary's King, because it reminds us that his promises are true. And he's going to defeat the flesh, that part of us that wrestles with the righteousness of God. And the, the Bible says the same spirit that lives in, that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us so that our flesh will be defeated. And one day when we go to heaven, we will never again wrestle with sin. Isn't that incredible? And he's going to defeat Satan and he's going to send him back to the pit where he belongs. And he's going to have dominion over him forever and ever and ever. He will never be loosed again, completely defeated by our warrior king. Church, I want to tell you something. Moses is dead, but Jesus Christ is not. He's very much alive and well. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's leading his church to victory. It's not maybe. It's not if. Victory is assured, and he is building his church, no doubt about it. And he is coming again to, to assure that victory. And so when you're tired and you're fatigued and you're wondering and you have no strength and you have no courage, you look to God's son, Jesus Christ, who had strength and courage perfectly for us. And I want you to have the picture of your promised land. You ready? Here's your promised land. And I want to read it for you. It's not on the screen. I read this passage frequently when I'm discouraged. Revelation chapter 21, verses one through seven, the second to last chapter of the book of the Bible. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had gone and disappeared and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. And he will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and he will wipe away every tear from their eye and there will be no more death and no more sorrow and no more crying and no more pain. All these things are gone forever. Okay, you all are like dead. Are you kidding me? Let's do that again. I want you to pretend your favorite running back just scored a touchdown. Here we go, ready? He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. 
All right, there you go. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down. He's talking to John, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all the blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. That's your promised land. And I cannot wait. Moses is dead. Jesus is not. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, man, we rejoice in that truth. And for the one who came in here, man, their heart was heavy. And they haven't yet turned to you. I pray that today would be the day you go, and I'm done trying to find life and all these things that don't give life. They would find life in Jesus Christ who is coming again. And for your servant, your saints in this room, God, that they're struggling and the now and not yet, and it feels like more not yet today than now, that they would recognize that the now is coming. We see dimly, but one day our faith will be sight because Jesus is good to his promises. He is coming again. And may that lighten our hearts. And may we focus on the promised land. And may we walk faithfully with endurance until our faith becomes sight. And thank you for the times that Jesus holds on to us when we can no longer hold on to him. He is faithful and he is true. And it's in Christ's name I pray. All right, church, I want you to be a part of his church. So with that, Pastor Jeff's going to come up here. He's going to challenge us with how we can be a part of small group ministry. Well, today is uh, is small group kickoff, and uh, and so just to, to be clear, this is we're going to have signups for small groups today and next week, and then the groups will all kick off the week of the twenty seventh. But I want to encourage you, small group kickoff. This isn't this isn't a program. Small groups uh, actually isn't a ministry. It's it's a way of life. And as we started talking through strength and courage. Um, I love what Sean read uh, in Revelation is how God is making all things new. And he's done that for generations through people and through his son, Jesus. He's done that through the nation of Israel and uh, his people that Joshua is is talking about, the the book of Joshua goes through. And as Jesus comes, he's made this a a family. He's made uh, with Christ He's become, uh, we've become family with one another. And this is done through the church. Sean talked about this earlier. And so as we move this, this is a community thing. And the community is to become the bride of Christ. So uh, small groups isn't just a program to sign up for. It's a way to be community so we can know that Jesus together to make all things new. So I want to ask you guys a question. What if every person at Coastal was part of a small group for the next six weeks, uh, starting next week? What if every person was a part of a small group? Let me give you some ideas. First of all, more people would feel like they belong. More people would walk in here every week because we'd all be together and they, they would feel like they're accepted right where they are. More people would be actively listening to the message each Sunday. More people would be thinking about biblical truths um, past Sunday, so Monday through Saturday, because they're engaged in community. More people would be reading God's word throughout the week. More people would be served. More people would be loved. More people would be invited to be part of this family gathering. So uh, that's what I want to invite you all to today. Now, some questions may be running through your mind, so I want to address some of those uh, quickly. First of all, what is a small group? 
Well, it's a, it's a gathering of people learning how to live in the intersection of day-to-day -day life and God's word. Uh, Sean talked just a few minutes ago about uh, when we talk, of, when we see the, the, uh, the person of Christ and his promises, sometimes we're led to a crisis of belief. And, uh, man, we can work through that when we're walking that together. That's what small groups do. Uh, another kind of obstacle that people have is it's weird. I'm sitting around with a, a small group of people. And so let me address that. First of all, yes, it is weird. Uh, I'm in a small group and I'm weird. And so therefore, they're going to be weird. Um, but on the other hand, no, they're not weird. We really don't sit around and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. That's not what a small group does. So it's people trying to pursue God together. Uh, some people, an obstacle is I don't know the Bible. My response to that is, that's great, because that's why we're gathering together. We want to grow together. We want to uh, come together in different people's strengths. And some people know a lot about the Bible. Some people don't know much. And we're going to learn from one another. And so it's that idea of, of growing together. Okay, this is a, a big one, because sometimes things like this can be, well, uh, a small group is just another people gathering. And so that's great for extroverts. And so for you introverts, let me talk to you here for just a second. Uh, first of all, maybe this is your strength and courage step. Maybe it's time to say, yeah, I would rather stay at home with a book, but God's calling me to be in community. So let me ask you to take that step of courage. Uh, the second thing is um, for you introverts is um, us extroverts, we need somebody to say, hey, maybe you should try being quiet for a second and hearing from God. <laughs> so... Um, so anyway, that's how, again, how we work together. So do that. Be part of a small group. Um, some people talk about location, day, and time. You received a menu in your bulletin. And so uh, take a few minutes to look through that. We have um, small groups on every day of the week. We have small groups in Gloucester, up near the courthouse, as well as the Point. We have Williamsburg. Uh, we have all through the peninsula here, uh, down, in, down in Newport News. All through. So look for the time and the place where it's, uh, it's best for you. We also have some life stages. So if you notice, it's laid out in women's, men's, and mixed. The mixed are in the middle. Women's, women's and men's are on the sides. And so find out what works best for you. Mixed really does mean that. It's young, old, single, married, divorced, all, everything in between. And so, um, so that really is that. But there are some life stages we do uh, address. So college students, we have a few college groups. We have some 20-somethings groups, uh, just a few of those in different spots. We have a new engaged and newly married group. And so there are some live stages. Look through that list. And so what you can do with that menu, you can either sign up this week as we go out. Uh, on the left, as you exit, are the men's and the women's groups. And on the right, as you exit, are the mixed groups. So go to those tables. Uh, maybe you want some time to talk about it, think about it, things like that. And so take that menu with you. Uh, email the leader. Their email is in there. Or you can go. You can email us at smallgrouplife at gocoastal.org, smallgrouplife at gocoastal.org, and ask any questions, or you can ask questions out there. Uh, the final obstacle, real quick, is child care. Uh, young families, man, I just want to encourage you. Uh, take advantage of this. We offer child care reimbursement, and uh, that way you can have your own sitter come to your own house, put the kids to bed when they need to go to bed, uh, have the kids do their homework when they need to do their homework, those kind of things. And, and uh, so please take advantage of that. Your small group leader will have a, a reimbursement form to give you. They'll help you through that uh, process. If you need a sitter, um, you can contact uh, me or you can contact Small Group Life at Go Coastal. Ask for a, a list. We'll give you a list 
list of some people you can contact. We want you parents to be comfortable with who's coming into your home. And, uh, and that way, then we also want to encourage you, man, this is a, a time as a young parent is the time that for your family, you need to be getting grounded in your relationship with Christ. And, uh, and you need that for your family. So do that. Okay, so I want to ask you one more time. What if every person at Coastal was part of a small group for six weeks? We talked about some of the answers. Now let me follow up with, we would all develop as authentic followers of Christ. That's what would happen. And the final thing that would happen, you would change. I promise you that. So please sign up for small groups at the tables as we leave. Uh, we have a video we'd like to show that's a, a great support for small groups. And while you guys are watching, that's our offering time. So if you're a guest with us today, thanks so much for being here. And uh, uh, during our offering time, we use this is a time for worship. We worship with our, our finances and through giving. So if you're a guest, please don't feel any obligation uh, to participate in that way. If you want to worship with us, that's great, but don't feel any pressure. And we would love your Connect card there on the side of the bulletin to, uh, uh, to respond to you in any way that we can. And so uh, please fill that out. So so with that, ushers, if you'd please come forward for the offering, and you guys take a look at the video. Thanks. Hi, my name's Scott Mitchell. This is my wife, Annie Mitchell, and we just moved to this area about a year and a half ago. And we started coming to Coastal about a couple months after we moved to the area and quickly joined a small group, and that's honestly been the biggest blessing in our life. It has helped me tremendously with my walk and with the Lord and our marriage, and we've grown closer to each other as we've grown, grown closer to God, and it's just been uh, amazing to see how He's worked in our lives and gotten us to a point where uh, we've been we're comfortable and now hosting a small group in our own house and continuing to grow the kingdom and continuing to make new friends, new relationships, and seeing Him work within the community up in that area. We um, made it a point to be a part of a small group that was close to us um, geographically because we wanted to make sure that the people in our small group were a part of our lives in all aspects of our lives. Um, so that's been a huge blessing where the small group that we were going to is about a quarter of a mile from our house and now we lead our own small group. And it's just been wonderful just, um, like I said, to be a part of one another's lives in every aspect. And you really feel that sense of community with one another. It's been a big support because we've gone through uh, some pretty tough times the last, couple, last uh, year and a half here and being away from our families, uh, just having that small group support and the family support there has been just uh, a complete difference between um, struggling through those times alone uh, but having family members to, uh, and, and friends to go through that with. I think one of the best um, things about small group is uh, is being able to be vulnerable with a group of people um, in a trusting environment and then also this sense of accountability. So I think one of the best things to come out of our small group experience um, was our group keep, keeping us accountable um, as we had been hearing some sermons about tithing and we had never been great about tithing um, every single week or, or just really being accountable about that and um, I think we just kind of held so tightly onto our money as you know newly married you know young people what just, money we actually had right yeah we just felt like you know we needed to hold on to this rather than giving it to God and it was through these sermons and through um, conversations with our small group that we understood that everything that we have, it's not ours anyway, it's all God's, um, and 
uh, we appreciated our small group leaders and our small group coming back to us and asking, okay, now have you, you know, set up the, the automatic pay for tithing? Because there's no way we would remember to if we didn't do automatic pay. Um, but just that sense of accountability. And we've seen so many blessings since then. God has just given us so much, um, more than we could ever ask for. And we just really appreciate the small group helping us to grow in that way. Coastal, you guys are free to go. Have a wonderful week. And don't forget about the small group sign-up kiosk in the foyer.